Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. My name is Dan Carson, and I'm thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue the conversation about student ministry. Now, on today's episode, we have a special guest. It is Dr. Mike McGarry, and he is going to be sharing with us as we talk about theology and student ministry. But before we get to our conversation with Mike, I want to thank our podcast partner, Central Baptist College of Conway, Arkansas. Central Baptist College is located in Conway. It's just a little ways out of Little Rock. It's a place that you want to have your students check out. If they're looking for the next step in their educational journey, have them go to cbc.edu. It's going to be a Christ-focused education, and just they're looking for those opportunities to, to connect with your students. So let them know about it. Well, on today's podcast, we have with us Dr. Mike McGarry. He is the author of Lead Them to Jesus, and he's also the youth pastor theologian. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Hey, thanks so much, Dan, for having me. Well, I am thrilled that you're on the podcast with us. Tell our little listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks. Um, so I am currently the youth pastor at South Shore Baptist Church in Hingham, Massachusetts. Uh, currently going through the transition away from serving as a youth pastor for the last 18 years and am going to be leading youth pastor theologian as my full-time ministry beginning in September. So uh, I am married to Tracy, who is a uh, special education administrator in the public schools here in Massachusetts. And my, we got two kids. So we have a, a 15-year-old who's a freshman and a 12-year-old who's finishing up uh, sixth grade. So uh, youth pastor dad and my kids have dad at church and mom at school. Uh, so both very much uh, committed to the next generation and investing in, in them. And so that's that's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've earned my, my doctorate of ministry from Gordon Conwell uh, in the Ministry to Emerging Generations track. I've had a chance to uh, do some publishing. I wrote Biblical Theology of Youth Ministry uh, in 2019, uh, really just digging at the biblical and, and theological and historical roots of, is youth ministry biblical? Um, mm. And then uh, lead them to Jesus, which we're going to discuss here in a little bit. Uh, contributed a chapter to gospel-centered youth ministry through Crossway a number of years back. And I have my third book is coming out actually this summer uh, and is called Discover, Questioning Your Way to Faith. And that's basically a theology and apologetics hybrid book that's written for teenagers. And so really excited for that book to be available for our students and for us to use in um, mentoring relationships and small groups and uh, for parents to be able to read with their kids at home and everything too. So that's a little bit about me. 
Well, I appreciate that, Mike. And I appreciate you being on the podcast with us. We're always looking for those those topics and those needs that our student ministry workers have and understanding their faith and being able to communicate that well with their students is at the top of that list. And so that takes more than just a one-time reading through a book or one-time going through a class. It is a lifetime endeavor, and I'm just thankful for your initiative, I guess would be the best way to to put that, um, in looking at Youth Pastor Theologian. Tell our listeners a little bit about what that is and, and what you hope to do. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Youth Pastor Theologian is a website currently. Um, so it's a website and a podcast. Uh, we have a weekly article that really just focuses on some area either about what youth ministry is or uh, an article about that helps youth workers to teach theologically with confidence. And so those really are the, the two prongs of uh, what YPT is about, just thinking theologically about youth ministry and thinking theologically within youth ministry. And so we have a series of, of articles that sometimes I write them, sometimes others do. Um, so it's not just MikeMcGarry.com. Uh, but trying to create a, an online space for theologically minded youth workers to come together and to uh, encourage and support one another. Uh, we also have a weekly Friday review that we publish that has a, a collection of links from across the internet for uh, youth workers to read and to reflect on. That's been a really cool resource for us to provide each week as well. Uh, we also have a podcast where um, I just meet with someone from the, the Christian world and talk about a question or a theological topic or a practical topic uh, that pertains to youth workers and helps us to pursue theological depth in our ministry to students. And so, yeah, excited to see what the Lord does with Youth Pastor Theologian as I'm uh, finally going to be able to give myself to that ministry full time and uh, speaking and consulting with other churches and uh, producing some other uh, resources to help youth workers grow uh, in theological depth and maturity. One of the things that I appreciated about your podcast was that you had people of varying thoughts um, and backgrounds on it. One of the mm -hmm. things that we need to be able to do is to communicate well with about what we believe. Um, yeah. And too often, I notice in our tribes, you know, our different groups of Baptist or Methodist or the groups that mm -hmm. we speak with, part of the issue is that you're almost ostracized just for talking about a different way of thinking. Yeah. And so I'm, man, I'm so thankful for somebody who's going to be a voice for that. Yeah, I really very much feel that we need to be willing to partner with people who think differently, but we have enough core in common that we're able to to trust one another and to respect each other, to learn from one another. I think part of that might be just me being from Massachusetts and up here in New England. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but there's not a whole ton of evangelical Christian presence nope. up here. <laughs> so, you know, for, for me to partner and share fellowship with another youth worker, for our, our youth groups to partner together, you can't just partner with people who already agree with you on everything because they're like the next person who's quote like you might be, you know, 45 minutes to an hour away. 
Um, mm. So you need to be willing to partner with people who might identify theologically in a different place, but you're both, you know, Apostles' Creed believing believers. And, and so you're able to share that fellowship, to pray together, to encourage each other, and to find ways to partner. And so um, I think some of that partnership mentality has has bled itself into youth pastor theologian just based off of uh, my own cultural context here in New England. Well, we know that one of the things that we have to agree on is our relationship with Jesus. Yeah. That's one of the ways that I love for our, our guests to come on our program is just to, to share how they came to meet Jesus. So mm-hmm. why don't you share that with us, Mike? Yeah, happy to do that. Uh, the short version, um, you must get a whole wide range of length of answers <laughs> for this one. The short version is uh, I grew up in church, um, youngest of four, and I was that kid in Sunday school who answered every question and sometimes even had the right answer. And when I didn't <laughs> have the right answer, then I knew enough to make it sound like the right answer. So uh, any uh, you can read into that about my current temperament and personality, whatever you want. Um, <laughs> but I was kind of always that kid. And uh, I really don't know when I became a Christian. I just know that I am one. And mm. I've seen evidence of, of the Lord's grace and a, of genuine faith just throughout childhood and everything. I know for me, one of the, one of the key pivoting points, I guess, would be when I was uh, entering middle school and and my parents separated and then later divorced. And that was a really, uh, obviously, very trying and difficult season uh, in life. And my youth pastor played a really uh, influential role in my life and in my my own faith development. And so with his help, I was able to, to really understand what it means to call God my my heavenly Father, uh, who loves me not because of what I can give Him or not because of what I've done to earn uh, this or that, but to to receive the grace of Christ and to embrace the love of God through believing in His atoning death and victorious resurrection and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit who unites us to the Father, and that's not just something we say. Yeah. Um, but that it really is very deeply personal. And so, yeah, very thankful for, for, for Craig and for his ministry to me during those years. I love being able to give words of encouragement and words of hope to youth pastors out there and youth workers who are just muddling through. There are students that are in your, your ministry right now that you don't know the impact you're making. Yeah. And I'm, I was one of those, you know, and it's, it's just, you were loved, you were cared about. And it's, it's always great for us to be able to, to thank people. Craig was in your life. I had a couple named Rick and Jody Priest that loved on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are many others out there that are making that same sort of difference. Yeah. yeah I still talk to Craig on occasion. Oh, and that's great. It's always really sweet uh, to, to catch up together. Well, Mike, um, you mentioned the book. Um, you have written two and that you have a third one coming out. Is that correct? Did I do the math correctly? <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about Lead Them to Jesus. Yeah, well, when I was... So I, I've been a youth pastor for 18 years. Um, 
And I was at my first church for 14 um, mm. of those years. And when I was transitioning from that church into my current one, uh, I was kind of getting on board here and kind of thinking through what topics do I really want to discuss and dig into with my with my new team. And one of the concerns that I've had about the gospel-centered movement uh, is just not being very clear on what does it actually mean to mm. be gospel-centered, because what gospel-believing Christian is going to say, no, I'm not gospel-centered, right? So <laughs> it's like, what what does it even mean? Um, right. And so you can use the same uh, the same words, but you're using a different dictionary, and then you're wondering why you're talking across each other, and there's so many layers of misunderstanding. So I came up with a list of, of topics that I want to talk through with my team of volunteers, uh, just about what does... Uh, how does the gospel shape the way we lead our youth ministry and what are we trying to pursue and accomplish and and all these things that you think through as a new youth pastor in a new place and so i i wrote this list down and discovered that i had way too many topics to be able to reasonably get through uh it would probably take 3 years for us to talk through one topic a month at our monthly meeting. So I was like, well, I'm a writer and I like writing. So I guess I'll just start writing a, a, a short one pager on each of these things to, to hand out to my leaders. And then I realized that I was basically writing a book. So I, I put together a book <laughs> proposal, uh, sent it to New Growth Press and they loved it. And they're like, yes, this sounds, this sounds incredible. Uh, so uh, we turned uh, that book into a book uh, out of my own personal need for it because when you go to different websites there's lots of great websites uh, but some are really good at the practical stuff and some are really good at the theological stuff but it's really hard to find um, good resources online that you can stand behind and know what you're going to get hmm. when your youth leaders leave the article that you're recommending and then go start poking around on other articles on the site. Right, right. And so I said, I, I know that there's lots of online resources, um, and I, I'm not begrudging any of those. <laughs> Ironically, now I'm leading one of those. <laughs> um, right, but like uh, ministries tend to be really good on the practical or on the theological. And so I wanted to provide the book as a, a, a one-stop shop for uh, the first half of the book really focuses on um, common questions that teenagers ask that are hard uh, and sometimes confusing theological questions that uh, volunteers aren't always well prepared to be yeah. able to respond to. And so if we want to lead theologically deep ministries, then we want to provide our youth workers with resources for them to have um, meaningful conversations about what is the Trinity and right. how, like, how can I, a loving God send anyone to hell? Like uh, that doesn't make any sense. And why would a loving God who is also sovereign allow us to suffer? And, uh, you know, I mean, these are just real practical pastoral questions that students do ask, but they're theology questions. And so how are we equipping our youth workers uh, who haven't been to Bible college or seminary or anything like that? to have these conversations with students. So that, that's the first part of the book. And the second half of the book really gets into some of the more nuts and bolts of how does the gospel shape, you know, the way that we, we 
play fun and games at youth group. Right. Um, and the way that we teach and hold their attention or how do we handle corrective discipline uh, when students are just real, you know, Uh, The way that sometimes (laughs) students can be, uh, you know, how are we breaking down clicks and partnering with parents and partnering and supporting single parents? And, you know, these these real practical questions that that we all face and and have to navigate. Uh, How does the gospel shape those things, not just the way we do evangelism? And so uh, those are kind of the two halves of lead them to Jesus. And then those both bled into and actually shaped, significantly shaped what eventually became youth pastor theologian. So um, the the soil that youth pastor theologian grew out of is actually the book Lead Them to Jesus with mm-hmm. the um, blending of thinking theologically about what is youth gospel-centered youth ministry um, and then how do we teach theologically with confidence. So the, the two halves of lead them to Jesus actually became the the two cornerstones of of youth pastor theologian. There was a phrase you used that I want to circle back to. It was theologically deep ministry. Yeah. And I know with with most of us who are in student ministry over the years, it, someone like myself, I've been in student ministry off and on for the 30 years of ministry that I've been seeking to serve and I love to that. Be, trying to be faithful. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of those times that was just about activity and the things that we were doing um, and trips and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, why is it important for us to focus on theology in our student ministry? Oh, there's so many reasons, right? But like, <laughs> well, I guess the question is, do you want to make teenage disciples or do you want to make adult disciples? So if you want to make adult disciples whose faith took root during the teen years, and you're, if you're not having theological conversations, then what do you expect to happen? Yeah. So if you're content for your students to just be teenage Christians, then by all means, don't have theological conversations and you know just have shallow, inspirational Bible talks. But if you want to call students into a faith that's big enough for them to grow into, then you got to engage the real questions that they are asking and help them to ask the questions that they should be asking. But if we ourselves are bored with doctrine, because we just think uh, doctrine just divides, I'm just going to talk about the Bible. Okay, well, that's a theological statement. Well, what is the Bible? How are you going to teach the Bible? How do you exegete? the Bible? How do you study the Bible? What does the Bible say about who, who, who even is Jesus? Like what is Jesus, right? What is the gospel? What does it mean to be saved? Why do we need to be saved? Uh, What are we saved from? Why is sin such a big deal? Right. And so, I mean, it's just, you can talk about the gospel, your entire ministry without actually proclaiming the gospel because you're just talking around the gospel. You're just talking about the gospel. Um, the same way I can talk about my wife to you all, all day long, but wouldn't you rather I introduce her to you? Right. And, And I think sometimes this is what we do in student ministry and we talk about the gospel and we talk about Jesus, but we never just proclaim the gospel and introduce Jesus. 
I guess what I'm saying is um, theology isn't just like, here's the systematic theology text for the week. Let's open up and discuss this irrelevant theological issue. Like it's, we want to proclaim Christ. We, we want to teach students, what does it mean to be a Christian? Do, does being a Christian even make sense in today's world? Yeah. That is a theological question. And the, theolo- the theologians throughout church history have something, I think, surprisingly relevant to say about that question. But if you're not willing to go there and you just dismiss it as irrelevant, then then you're the one who's missing out. I look at what we study, how we teach, all of those things are informed by theology. Yeah. There's a great quote on the last podcast that I listened to of the youth pastor theologian. And I'm not sure if it was you or if you're your guest talked about how belief shapes methodology. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. It is a powerful statement. Yeah. And so as we grow and learn more about Jesus ourselves, that's going to shape how we do ministry, but it also shapes how your students are going to do ministry. And if we mm-hmm. just create young people <laughs> yeah. who are always young people, who I, I loved how you put it though, teenage Christians, or do we want to help create adult Christians who are going to grow into that faith? Yeah. Just so good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. I, I think, uh, so Chris, uh, who was on that episode that you're referencing, um, you know, referenced the, that statement, uh, that theology shapes methodology. Yeah, there we go. That theology shapes methodology. Um, and so one of the things that I try to help youth workers think through is to, to write down, what do you believe about ministry? Right. Write it down on a piece of paper. Now flip that paper on the other side and list out what you do in youth group and how you do it in youth group. And if someone was only looking at what you're doing in youth group, how you're doing it in youth group, how you teach, how you handle discipline, right? If someone's going to reverse engineer from your practices what you believe is important about student ministry, how would those two sides of the paper talk to each other? Mm. Would they be complementary? Would there be some significant differences between your stated theology of ministry and your practiced theology of ministry? And I just think it's really important that um, we're honest with ourselves about what do I really believe about student ministry and about how theological formation takes place? And do I believe this so much that I'm willing to actually build my ministry around those things. This is a, this is a lot of information. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, I I love it. Um, Because, you know, again, as I mentioned before, student ministry workers by and large have been tasked with jobs and responsibilities and duties to the point where we don't spend enough time thinking about why we're doing the things we do. Yeah. Um, And and I, and I think about, you know, why, why do we have games? Why do we, um, why do we sing some of the songs we sing or why do we go on these certain trips? And so much of student ministry is about tradition. It's, you know, a more modern tradition, but it's a tradition. And so 
if we have this desire to grow in this area, if we have this desire to help our students grow, what are some steps that we can take in that direction? The idea here is, okay, if, if we're wanting to grow in that area ourselves and we're wanting to help our students to be more theologically minded, uh, what are some steps that we can take as student ministry workers to head in that direction? Um, yeah, I think one of the things to think through is just to be really clear on what is the gospel, right? What does it mean to to be a Christian, um, and what does it mean to become a Christian? And if we are fuzzy on the gospel, and if we think that the gospel is only an evangelistic message for non-believers, and that it's not really at the constant center of what it means to be a Christian and what it means to grow and mature as a Christian, then I'm only going to preach the gospel in evangelistic settings. So I, I really think that digging into just what what is the gospel? What is it what does it mean to be a Christian? Uh, what does it mean to to invite students to confess their sin and to profess faith in in Christ as Savior and Lord. I think that's that's one. Uh, another question I, I think would simply be to really dig into that question of like, what do you really believe about youth ministry? You know, is youth ministry biblical? What is the role of youth ministry in the church? Uh, what is the role of the church and parents in your youth ministry? And I, I think, yeah, I, I think asking the the what's and the how of youth ministry is really important. And I think we were discussing that a little bit earlier, right? That a lot of conferences and workshops and books talk about the what and the how of youth ministry. But me personally, I- I'm I'm really passionate about challenging youth workers to ask the why questions yeah. in youth ministry. Like why why does your job even exist? And that doesn't need to be a threat to your job. I'm not saying that your job shouldn't exist. But I'm just saying, like, uh, have you ever thought about why why does your job exist in the church? How is your youth ministry furthering the mission of the church? Or are you kind of just like doing your thing with the students in the church while the parents really are playing like the prime role? You know, like, yeah, yeah. So just how are you making mature disciples in your student ministry? One of the things that I've seen in a lot of curriculum over the years, especially ran into something just recently as I was helping shape what we we're going to be doing with children as well as students, is there's there are those that lean into behavior modification yeah. as opposed to gospel yeah. transformation. So maybe you could speak to that for a moment. Yeah. Discipleship is about so much more than just making nice kids. Yeah. Right? And so... I've read some gospel-centered, grace-driven, this, that, whatever stuff in youth ministry and for parenting that sometimes make it sound like gospel, 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 gospel so much that like you never really correct and you never actually say like, no, stop doing that. <laughs> um, do this instead. Um, and I think that's really where, uh, frankly, a, a theology of law and gospel is really, really necessary yeah. for us. Um, and so, I mean, I would just say, just go find some Luther 
online and read some Luther on, um, you know, the bondage of the will and, um, you know, letters to a Christian nation. And yeah, we need to understand the role of law and gospel in youth ministry to say the law is good if one uses it properly, Mm. right? That's first Timothy one. So what does it mean to use the law properly? Um, well, the law shows us our need for Christ because the law has never saved anyone, but it shows us our need for salvation. And that is a gift of grace, not law. Uh, it is a message of the promise of God uh, that is applied to us by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, who then gives us a new heart and who writes the law of God on our heart of flesh because he has removed our heart of stone, right? Like these are all like Old Testament, New Testament covenantal promises. Um, And so sometimes when we talk about behavior modification and discipline and correction and sanctification, it can err on the side of grace, 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 or on legalism and behavior modification. But I just think it's really important for us to understand law and gospel. And so one of my common examples is just, you know, when, when kids are acting out in youth group and are just being really disrespectful, um, do you, do you talk with them about it or do you overlook it? Um, And so you never shame a kid in youth group, you're not going to publicly call them out. Hopefully, right? Uh, hopefully, we're not publicly shaming them for for being disrespectful. But I also hope that we're not just never addressing it, because otherwise, we're being antinomians. Like we're just denying the law, and we're enabling them to live as if God does not care about their behavior. God only cares about the law or God only cares about grace. And so how do we talk with them and say like, Hey, like what, what's going on here? Like, you know, that's not what we're here for. Right. How do we, how do we honor one another here? Like, so you're, Mm, you're addressing it. Um, and you're not skirting the issue. You're addressing it directly, but you're doing it in a relational way so that you can ask them, you know, Hey, help me understand what's going on here. Cause you, you know, that's not what we're supposed to be doing here. So, Help me understand, you know, what's, what, what, what am I not picking up on, you know, and how can we, how can we do better here? And so you're giving them grace, you're involving them in the process. And um, yeah, so uh, I'll wrap it up there because I, I think I'm starting to ramble, but <laughs> I think we need to address, we need to address students' sin and disrespect, but we don't want to slam that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But use that as an invitation to lead them to Christ. What I love about what you just shared, Mike, was this need for us to think through the theology of the situation because it affects how we're interacting with our students, uh, what we're doing, what we're teaching is obvious, but it's it affects every aspect of it. And so, again, let me ask this question. If, if someone is wanting to start on this journey of being more theologically minded, what are a couple of resources that they could dig into and start start reading and studying in a deeper way? Yeah. Um, so I think 
uh, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis is really a, a, a great book. Uh, it's very accessible if you've never really read theology before. So I, I think that's a great book. Uh, I'd also recommend Basic Christianity uh, or The Cross of Christ by John Stott. Both good, solid, um, accessible books uh, that'll help you think deeply. Uh, one book that I highly recommend for youth workers is by Anthony Hokma called Cre- Created in God's Image. Um, it's a book about biblical anthropology. So it's about what does it mean to be a human being? And I think that's especially relevant for youth workers today um, who are ministering to students who are questioning their their gender identity, their sexuality, um, that um, sexuality and gender identity really are questions about what does it mean to be human? Yeah. Um, and they are issues about biblical anthropology. And so I, I'd really recommend Created in God's Image. It is one of the best books that frankly, I've read. Um, I, I love everything I've read from, from Hokma. Uh, it's H O E K E M A, uh, Anthony Hokma. And so, yeah, his stuff is really outstanding and, uh, I, I would recommend to start there, but yeah, if you're only going to read books that are easy to understand, then you're going to be limited. Um, but mm. you got to be willing to, to dig. And, um, I, I, I remember a quote from years ago uh, by John Piper that was really helpful uh, for me, where he said, if, if, you, if you rake, you get leaves. If you dig, you get diamonds. And so what do you want? <laughs> right? If you want yeah, diamonds, you got to dig. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I've always appreciated that. Well, Mike, you've given us a lot to, to think about, to to focus in on, and I appreciate you being on the podcast today. If someone wants to send you a question or connect with you in a way and learn more about the youth pastor theologian, how can they best do that? Yeah, you could uh, just hop online and go to youthpastortheologian.com, and all the information's there. You'll see the information on the website, um, the About page has uh, my bio and a link to shoot me an email um, if you're interested in in talking and you know retreats or conferences or workshops or anything like that you can go to the speaking page and uh, you can see you know some other things that that we're doing uh, youth pastor theologian so uh, you can also find me online at uh, youth you can find YPT online at youth theologian um, on all the socials. It's just youth theologian because youth pastor theologian is way too long yeah. for a social media <laughs> handle. Uh, so youth theologian, uh, and you can find me personally online on most things uh, at Rev McGarry. Well, and that's how we connected through social media, but man, I'm glad that we did. Listeners, I want to thank you for downloading and listening as we've continued the conversation about student ministry and as we've talked about the, the great importance of theology within our student ministry, how it shapes not just our students and not just us, but it shapes the entirety of what we do. So let's spend some time focused in on what we believe about God, about his word, about ministry. And we're going to do all of these things because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. 
Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.